What is up, everyone? iIrvin TV, Double I TV, whatever you guys want to call me, as long as it's nothing disrespectful, because if it gets disrespectful, then um, I'm throwing squirrels at your face, and then whatever happens, happens. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. I, I told you these consequences are starting to get, but what did I, what did I just say? <laughs> these consequences are starting to get more and more violent by the minute, Nick, then you know. Actually, let's not even go down that line. <laughs> and I'd like to welcome y'all to episode 13 of Squirrel Moments, the podcast. Today is, what is today? April the 9th. 2022 and i'm recording this on 806 806 in the morning yep i'm recording this in the morning it is a saturday morning and right now i am feeling so good y'all i am feeling so good i'm feeling so good i am feeling so good (laughs) and um and yeah so um where should we start where should we start where should we start first of all First of all, I like to say I appreciate everyone that watch that watches the podcast. If you're watching the the uh, <laughs> watching the video version, which is on YouTube.com/slash TV, or if you're listening to the podcast while you working, while you're in your car, whatever, and which um, the audio version is available available <laughs> it's available on most streaming uh, most. Uh, ah, gosh, what is wrong with me? <laughs> the audio version is available on wherever you get your podcasts from. It's available on most platforms such as Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all that stuff. Um, that's where the audio version is available. So I appreciate all of y'all that supports me. Uh, support the podcast. Also support my other ventures on YouTube, uh, Twitch which is twitch.twitch.tv all my um social medias which is on the screen if you watch the video version but i have instagram twitch of course tiktok youtube i have a facebook a public facebook now twitter all that everything is out urban tv but going back to what i was saying i just appreciate everybody that supports me uh, I know I only have a, a very small following right now, but that small following, I appreciate all of y'all. I appreciate all of y'all. Uh, so yeah, let's get to it. Let's 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 get to it. And um, oh, I got one more thing to say before we get to it. Um, again, if you're watching the video version, uh, go ahead and like the video. Go ahead and drop a comment on there. Go ahead and share it. Tell, you know, share it to whatever platform you're using. Tell your folks about it. And um, also, if you listen to the video, listen to the video, listening to the audio version, however the rating system works, give it an honest rating. Be honest about it because the honesty is best because I don't know what I can improve on if you're not honest, but give it a good rating anyway because that also helps um, this podcast move up the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. Y'all can tell I'm a little, um, I ain't gonna say off, but, cause I feel good. I'm a little off, cause usually before I start recording the podcast, I listen to like one of my old, um, podcasts, so that way I can remember, you know, how I usually do things, but I'm glad I'm kinda, I'm glad I didn't do that. You know, sometimes you gotta change up the format a little bit, but anyway, let's move on to it. Um, again, like I said before, I am feeling amazing right now. And let me tell you why I'm feeling amazing. 
Um, where shall I start? I just feel good. I can't really explain it, but I've been doing more self-care stuff. I've been doing more of the things that I love. For example, you know, more content creation like I'm doing right now. I'm, you know, I'm doing the podcast. Um, you know what? I just thought about something. This is, this is, I've been more consistently inconsistent. <laughs> because I, I dropped uh, another episode um, two weeks ago. And that's how I started this podcast. I said I was going to drop it every two weeks. Now, I don't know how consistent I'm going to be with that. That's why I said I'm the most consistent, inconsistent uh, content creator out here. But, um, but yeah, so I applaud myself. Anyway, like I said, I've been feeling good. Um, if you're watching the video version, I don't know if y'all can see. But um, actually, let me see if y'all can see. Um, well, you can see it a little bit. But two, I'm pointing it right there. I got two candles lit. Recently, every time I record something, I have my candles lit. Especially if y'all been um, watching the, uh, 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 what is it? The Resident Evil 7 Let's Play, which, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I'm having so much fun with that. I've been recording in the dark, but I still have the candles, which helps with the ambiance. Not only that, but um, I'm all over the place, y'all. Squirrel moment. That's why I named the, the, the podcast Squirrel Moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, and one of the candles that I have, have wait, did one of them go out? Oh, well. If it did, one of them is lavender in which, you know, lavender is supposed to help out with, with stress and anxiety. So that really helps out and it just helps with the mood. So I've been doing a lot of um, self-care stuff. Uh, I've been doing, I've been getting back to bike riding because I used to love riding a bike as a kid. I used to love it. And since it's getting more warm outside now, um, I've been doing a lot of bike riding. And not only that, another reason why I feel good. I've been losing weight, and I lost a decent, a, a, a decent amount of weight. So let me tell you something real quick. Um, I've been two thirty five for the longest, as far as my weight go. Um, which I'm glad I've been maintaining, but I don't want to lose more weight because, first of all, I want to be healthy, and second, I want to wear better clothes, and third, I've been wanting to cosplay more. So I need to lose weight for that. But um. What was I saying? Um, I remember at one point I was like 250. So that's why I'm glad I was able to maintain weight, but I didn't lose more. So again, I've been 250, not 250, 235 for the longest. I checked my weight like a like I would say almost two weeks ago. And I was 230. I'm like, okay. Then I checked my weight like a day or two ago. I'm 227, 226 around that area. And I can tell too, because this is what made me um check my weight. Cause usually I don't like to check my weight because then I get disappointed. But um I was looking in the mirror with my shirt off, and I'm not taking my shirt off on here. The most you're gonna see is a little bit of my hairy chest because I like these black V-necks. <laughs> but um I was looking in the mirror with my shirt off. I was like, wait a minute, I look smaller than usual. I'm like, I look a little smaller. I stepped on that scale, I was celebrating. I was like, yay, the path to skinniness. And you know what? When it comes to my weight loss um, goals and all that stuff, I'm not looking to be swole or be super muscular or anything like that. I just want to be at a healthy weight and I just want to be, you know, slimmer. That's my first goal is to be, a, you know, to slim up my weight and all that stuff. I'm... 
And then after that, I may gain a little muscle, but that's not my biggest priority. My biggest priority just to be healthy and, um, you know, just, just to be healthy because I'm very adamant when it comes to my health. I, I told y'all before, but I'll say it again. Um, 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 I used to work in the pharmacy. I used to be, I was a pharmacy technician. So I used to see a lot of people that have a lot of, um, health problems and preventable ones too. I'm not talking about the, um, you know, like the cancers and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that. Although, you know, some of what you eat can help prevent cancer, but that's another story for later. Um, I used to pe see people who had high blood pressure, diabetes and all that kind of stuff, you know, obese and all that. And I'm looking, and I know some people have conditions where, you know, they're going to have weight no matter what. But I used to see some of these people with these conditions and I'm like, you know, and I'm not judging those folks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not judging those folks because you never know what's going on in somebody's life. You don't, you know, you, you just never know. But some of these used to be preventable, like, you know, eating better, you know. I used to see some people who have diabetes, who can barely walk, can barely breathe, but yet they buy all the junk food, all the sugary stuff. And that, like, clicked in the, you know, that clicked in my head. Like, I don't want to be like this. You know, I don't want to be unhealthy. So, hope, that's why, you see, um, right now, I'm drinking water. Um, I drink a lot of water, especially when I'm at work. Um which the good thing about where I work at um, Amazon is I'm on my feet so I'm getting a little bit of exercise unfortunately I can't rely on that all the time because eventually I'll be out of there but again that's a whole nother story it's just I'm very adamant when it comes to my health because again I'm, I'm, I'm just paranoid about high blood pressure and I don't want to be on 100 medications I'm already on a few medications not for those kind of health reasons again I have ADHD so I take um I, I'm willing to say this medication. Um, I do take ADHD medication. Uh, I take, uh, what is it? Caserta. So, that's one. And I have other medications. But I... The point of the matter is, I don't want to be on a whole bunch of medications when I'm 30, 40, 50 years old and all that kind of stuff. Some health problems can't be avoided. It's just going to... It's just things happen with age. But... A lot of things can be prevented, like I said, diabetes and all that kind of stuff. So health is very important to me, and I'm glad that um again I'm just glad. Plus my my doc my one of my doctors, my psychiatrist, she's been kind of she's been on me about you know about my weight because she's worried about my blood pressure and all this kind of stuff. But again, that's another story. So my health is very important to me, y'all. So that's that. That's why that's another reason why I've been feeling good. Um, another reason I've been feeling good is just, I just have a lot of things, um, that's coming, especially, um, uh, things that's coming to the channel, content creation, all that kind of stuff. I have a whole lot of ideas, which segue to the other thing that I want, yeah, oh gosh, which segues into, to the next thing that I want to talk about, which is when I be coming up with these ideas, Sometimes when I come up with these ideas, I'll be half asleep and I wake up like, oh, I like this idea. Or when I be at work, I literally stop what I'm doing, go on my phone and then jot this idea down. And while I've been, when I've, I've been working on the Resident Evil 7 Let's Play, which y'all should all go and watch, which is on 
YouTube.com slash TV. But the way that I used, used to do Let's Plays, I, I have to tell this backstory. But um, the way I used to do, do Let's Plays, I used to just record, slap the intro on there, keep on moving. I might do a little edits here and there, but I used to just record, slap an intro, and like I said, keep on moving. But as I progressed, I started doing a little th things a little bit more to it. And then, like, when Halo Infinite came out, I said I wanted to do something. That became a passion project for me, the Let's Play Halo Infinite. Um, I said I wanted to take a little bit more of a cinematic um, approach to it. So I started having intros and um, different, um, you know, different intros, trailers, uh, the outros are different, um, and then the way that I do recaps, the way that I used to do it, like the beginning, the beginning of the episode, I used to talk about what happened last episode. This time, what I do, I just do a recap, say previously, or let's play Halo Infinite, and then I'll just like have like clips of what happened last episode, which I think is a little bit more interesting than me talking. So. That's what I've been doing lately, like with, with um, Resident Evil 7, uh, of course, I've, you know, I recorded the trailer slash the intro for the first episode, all that kind of stuff. And the, the next Let's Play that I have planned, I'm not going to tell y'all what it is, but I was streaming last night, I did give y'all a hint, and this is the only hint I'm going to give y'all. It's, it's Marvel related, and I'm just going to keep it at that. If you figure out what it is cool but that's as much as I'm, I'm, I'm giving y'all the things that i have planned for for this next let's play so my other let's plays that i do of course you know i put different music different sound effects and all that kind of stuff like cinematic um cinematic sounds and all that kind of good stuff so I, I have to, I, it would take me like maybe an hour or two to find the sounds that I need and the certain things that I need. So with that being said, I, I was sitting back one day and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a producer. I'm an executive producer. And think, think about it. Oh, let's look up the definition of producer real quick. Give me one second. Uh, let's see, producer. Producer definition. Okay, what does her producer do? Here we go. So, and this is from masterclass.com. It says, what is a producer? A producer is the person responsible for finding and launching a project, arranging, financing, find, ooh, they, they ooh. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> they put financing here twice. A range of financing, hiring writers, a director, and key members of the creative team overseeing all elements of pre-production, production, and post-production right up to release. And let's look up another definition. Uh, there was another definition that I like better. Oh, here's another one. A person responsible for financial and managerial aspects of making a movie or broadcast or stage in a play, opera, etc. So basically what a producer does is they basically put things together. You know, they sometimes they they find the talent, they find certain you know, you know, like music and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going out, you know, I'm 
producing. I'm making stuff happen. I'm producing these videos. So now that I'm thinking, like the way that I think about it now is I'm a producer technically. So technically, I can give myself producer credits and I can put that on my credentials, portfolio, whatever, because that's what I'm doing. Like now I'm producing, I am producing my um my podcast. Like, think about it. I'm the one who's switching the screens over, who's finding the topics, who's finding the 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 uh, these articles. And once I finish recording, then I go in there, I edit it, I clean up the sound, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you see, hold on, it's gonna be right here, I believe. You know, I have my social medias down here and my cash app up here and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking I'm pointing in the right directions. But um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this by, you know, I'm doing this myself. So technically I am a producer. So for all my content creators out there upcoming and the content creators that's already up here, you're technically a producer. So, so if you have like a portfolio or you know you want some credentials you can give yourself that because that's what you're doing you're producing that is what you're doing so from from now on i think what i'm gonna do is after the resident evil let's play the next let's play that i'm going to do i'm gonna start putting my i'm gonna start putting on there produced by iurban tv that's what i'm gonna start doing and i might even put it in the, um in the bio because that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this myself. I'm producing content. So all my content creators out there, you guys are producers. You got you you are producers. If you're making it happen, if you're, you know, making sure the audio is correct, make sure the visual is correct. If you're going out there finding sound effects, going out there finding clips, and this and the other, if you're making it happen, you are producing. My lips are starting to get dry. Let me drink this water real quick. <laughs> That's what that's what you are, your producer. So I think I'm what I'm gonna start doing is start putting executive produced by Irving TV, because that's what I'm doing. I'm editing all that kind of stuff. So I want my executive producer credentials. This from now on, shoot, because cause now when I start really expanding, expanding my portfolio and start networking, networking, you know, they see produce, they'll see my product, which is my videos and all this stuff. And some people might want to reach out to me. It's like, hey, can you help me out with this? Can you do this? Do that? Do that? Because I do want to, I do want to um, start working with other content creators because I've been thinking about this for a while and I know I've been yammering and all that stuff, but that's the point of a podcast. <laughs> but that's what I've been wanting to do lately. Like, I want to um, start working with other content creators. Like, uh, for example, um, a friend of mine, um, D-Boy, which his YouTube channel is DBDG574. It stands for D-Boy the Greatest 574. That intro, I want y'all to go to his channel real quick. Again, that's YouTube.com. Excuse me, youtube.com slash dbdg574. Look at his intro. 
Look at his intro. I made that intro. He reached out to me. He was like, hey, can you help me out with an intro? You know, I gathered some stuff. He sent me some stuff and I made an intro. It's only a few seconds, but the intro was awesome. And that was, I think, like a year and a half ago. And since then, I have improved on my editing skills. I'm still not the best. You know, I don't know how to use a whole bunch of special effects and this, that, and woo, woo, woo. That's still beyond me, but I can get there. So what I want to do is start working with other content creators and start helping them with um, some, some stuff, you know, just to be doing it. And I have another friend who wants to start, um, you know, he wants to start doing like scary stories and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I want to work with him, you know, and help him out with all that kind of stuff. So that's what I want to do. I want to do some producing and I still want to do my other content and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I want to start helping out other content creators with that stuff because some people sometimes might not have the resource or don't know how to do certain things. And like, cause with me, everything that I know how to do now, I mostly taught myself. Although I'm not gonna discredit all, you know, like classes that I took and all that kind of stuff. Like for example, like editing audio and all that kind of stuff. When I was in 11th and 12th grade, I went to a tech class, radio broadcasting and journalism. And while I was there mostly for the radio broadcast and slash the audio and all that kind of stuff, which did teach me a lot about um, audio editing and all this stuff, which I already knew how to do, but it taught me better. It taught me more. The journalism also helped me as well. You know, it taught me terms such as um, alleged, you know, uh, it taught me how to write copy, which is a script. I don't remember everything, but it helped out. It helped me um you know how to talk and all that kind of stuff so but i but again i chose to take that class because i wanted to learn more stuff see the way that i learned stuff a lot again a lot of the stuff that i learned was self-taught i go on youtube and look up how do i do certain things how do i use this software how do i do this how do i do that effect and um, and if I don't know how to do something again, I look it up. If I see like an effect on somebody else, you know, somebody else's video, I'm like, hmm, I want to learn how to do that effect, but do it my way. So I look it up, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I create ways on how to make certain stuff. So, um, yeah, like, but yeah, I want to help out people who may, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying they can't look it up themselves. They can't get that, um, information themselves but some of that stuff takes a lot more you know a lot of time and it took me years to get to this point and i still have a lot of learning i will always be learning even if I, and then even if i do help somebody out they still have a lot to learn but i can get them to the level i can get them to a level faster than what it took me because again it took me years to get here where i can probably get somebody there within a month or days weeks whatever so that's what I want to start doing. I want to start helping other um, content creators, um, you know, um, you know, start producing content, you know. And like I said, one of my friends, when he starts doing that, I, I don't want no money. 
I want no money from him. The only thing I want, the only thing I'm going to ask for is give me executive producer uh, credits. That's all I want. That's all I want. Just give me production production credit and we good. We good. So, but anyway, next topic. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously. Another, and I'm going to keep saying this because I said this in the stream yesterday and I went on a whole tire, a whole rant about it. I just love this kind of stuff. This is why I want to I literally want to do this full time, y'all. Like, and it's not just the money because a lot of what I know is a lot of content creators do this, do this, just for the money. They see how much money that somebody can make off this, and they just automatically start doing it. And while I can't knock them, you got to have a passion for this kind of stuff because it's gonna be frustrating at times. Like, like I was streaming, and I'm keep going back to this stream. But when I was streaming, I was going back to all my old content and all that stuff. I've been doing this for four, officially, for f three to four years now. And right now, I only had 300 and something subscribers. Some people, after three years, get a thousand subscribers, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, all that kind of stuff. And it depends on the content. But um, I'm not there yet. Some people would have been quit by this you know at this time they would have been quit by now but me because i have the passion for it is just you're going to keep doing if you're passionate about something you're going to keep doing it good days bad days but uh <laughs> i'm just passionate about it but moving forward now y'all know the halo tv series is out right and i know there's been a whole lot of controversy about it um it's been a whole lot of controversy about it and one of the controversy is is people have been saying this is not Halo, this ain't um, this ain't Master Chief and this that and the other. But hold on, before I get to this, um, there will be slight spoilers. So if you're not if you haven't watched it yet or you plan on watching it, I advise you to if you want to pause it or if you want to skip ahead, that's fine. I'm not going to try to spoil it too much, but there might be some slight spoilers. Some people is saying that um, this ain't Halo, this, that. Because one of the main things is that people are saying, you know, in the show, I ain't going to lie. Chief takes off his helmet a lot. He does. He takes off his helmet a lot. Within, whereas about the game, he never takes his helmet off. And if he does take his helmet off, you're not going to see his face. So... With that being said, a lot of people have a problem with that. They're saying, oh my God, this ain't Chief. This ain't Halo and this, that, and other. First thing first. 343 already stated from the start that this ain't going to follow the canon. That it's going to follow its own story. It's going to be based off the, you know, the story, but it's going to have its own path, its own story. That being said, first of all, let me say this. I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm enjoying it much better, joining much more than I thought I would. I thought it was going to be corny, but it's actually pretty good. Now, there are some cringe scenes. I'm not going to lie. There are some cringe cringe scenes that goes on in there, but this is really, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion. It's really good. And the thing is, why it's not following the canon straightforward, they are taking things from the expanded universe and applying it on there. Like, for example, which episode was? I think it was the second episode. 
they go to this place called the rubble which is a space station which is made out of a whole bunch of asteroids and they make you know um it's just a space station that's built inside the asteroids that's based off one of the books um the rubble first appeared in um what is it the cold protocol book yeah it was the cold protocol book and when i first i was like oh i see what they're doing here this that, and the other and then in the third episode, the most recent episode, um, yeah, it was the third most recent episode. I, yeah, I think it was the third one. I'm not 100% sure I'm losing track already. But, you know, they, um, Cortana finally appears on there. Now, people have, you know, issues with her appearances and all that stuff, which I did at first. But as I'm watching it, it's you can definitely tell it's CGI. But she's a hologram. But anyway, another story. She's she's a hologram. So at first it's a little cringy, but it's starting to it grow on me really quick. It's she Cortana is growing on me really quick. And then like the dynamic between Chief and Cortana, the way that it's starting off right now, mind you, this is the start. They're taking it with another. They're taking at least the start of their dynamic another direction. Basically, let's put it this way. They they're not on they're not on even terms. Let's just say that they have a lot of back and forth. Chief is not a fan of Cortana right now. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. Chief isn't a fan of Cortana, and Cortana is not really a fan of Chief per se. Because I'm just gonna say this. What Cortana is programmed for, as far as dealing with Chief, what she, what their dynamic is right now, it goes far beyond her programming. So she's frustrated, Chief frustrated, Halsey is a bit frustrated. Although if it advances the cause, she allowed allowed things to happen. But right now, I'm definitely enjoying it. Now, I will say this. <laughs> Let's just say there's some cheeks involved. <laughs> Episode 2 had cheeks. Episode 3 had cheeks. Episode 2, I enjoyed the cheeks a little bit. Episode 3, I'm just going to say this. As a heterosexual male, there's some things I'd rather not see. But <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, but I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. Like I said, it's some cringe moments. You can definitely see, you can see the cringe moments, but it's still so good. And I definitely, another thing that I like is, okay. So in the game, the keys, as in Jacob, um, Captain Keys and Miranda Keys, in the game, they're white. But in the show, they're black. And a lot of people had a problem with that. Which, first of all, really? And then the second thing is... I like them as, uh, as black. I thought at first it was going to be a little weird. But I was like, let's see how it goes. I'm enjoying it. First of all, uh, Captain Keys. He's still... He's just like in the books in the... um books in the game still a little bit there's some slight tweakage to his personality now miranda keys that's bay right now she is she is bay 
Oh, another thing. If you don't know, um, Dr. Halsey is Miranda's mother. And just like the, their relationship in the um, books, it's definitely in here as well. If anything, it's more handsome. What I mean by that is they barely have a relationship. <laughs> I know I'm all over the place, but right now I'm enjoying it. If I have to, I don't like really giving ratings, but if I have to give it a rating right now, right now I'm at a, I'm at a seven out of 10 with this right now. Actually, after the latest episode, I want to move that to an eight. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it right now. And like one of the things that if you want to watch a show, I will say this. Don't expect it to follow the, the games. Because if you do, you're going to be disappointed. It's it's its own thing. Again, they do take things from the games. They do take, take things from the books and all that kind of stuff. But what they do is they kind of twist it around a bit. So, I recommend people. I do recommend people to watch it. Um, I think X, if you got Game Pass, I think, which I explained in the other episode, I think they're still doing a 30-day free trial on Paramount+. Plus. Um excuse me go ahead and watch it just just like i said don't expect it to be just like the games just keep an open mind and just know that um it's his own entity and you'll enjoy it if you expect it to be just like in the books and the games you're going to be disappointed i will say that much it's like like i said it's his own thing now but moving on to the next topic speaking of which speaking of halo going to halo infinite Halo Infinite may begin a BR mode, a Battle Royale mode. Now, before I go to this next um this next article, I know a lot of people has been, you know, frustrated with um 343 with the lack of content and all that kind of stuff, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um cuz you know, announcement came again, I'm going to get that to in a second. But let a lot of people been wanting a BR mode or been talking about a BR mode for Halo Infinite. Me personally, I'm like, I'm not pressed for a BR mode because I don't really play BR games like, you know, like Apex, Fortnite, PUBG and all that stuff. I don't really play those. I will play it if I'm playing with friends. That's when it's the most fun. But I don't really play BR games. So I'm not pressed about it. But since it's Halo, I am willing to try it if they do come out with a um, BR mode, which we're going to talk about now. So again... They may be getting a BR mode, and this article comes from India Today. Um, this news site is from India, and it reads as follows. Uh, let's go ahead and switch that over. So, again, um, and this article was published on April the 7th, and it says Halo Infinite Battle Royale mode seems imminent with the new last Spartan Standing League. Halo Infinite is set to get a new game mode which will pitch players in a battle royale gameplay much like what we see in other FPS games. Here are all the hints that have indicated at the upcoming functionality. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure everything's working. Yep, everything's still working. Y'all know I'm paranoid about my content, right? <laughs> I'm afraid that stuff will stop recording, this, that, and the other. That's why before I record, before I stream, and all that kind of stuff, I make sure I have enough room. I clear up some room because if it gets too full, it will stop recording. Anyway, hold on. Let me drink some water real quick. You know when you're doing a lot of talking. It's funny. I'm on my first article. We already had 35 minutes. So we might, this podcast might be, this episode might be a little long, but let me drink some water. 
Hmm. Huh? This is empty. What? I have another bottle right here. About five months ago, Halo Infinite launched as arguably the biggest gaming title of the bygone year. Today, it enjoys a massive gamer base thanks to its multiplayer mode. There has, however, been one missing aspect in the game, Visavis. What did I say? Visavis? I think that's what it is. Other games like Fortnite, and that is a battle royale mode. Fans of the franchise. Excuse me. They do spellings a little bit different. I think this is the um What they do? They ah uh, What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? This is a translation. Cause I think it, it because it's from India is in a different language, but this is a translation. Anyway, fans of the franchise have been quite vocal about the need to introduce Battle Royale in the game, and it looks like 343 Industries might <clears throat> excuse me has finally listened to their calls. Nothing has been officially announced yet, though several hints have been shared online in recent days, all pointing towards the imminent launch of a Battle Royale mode on Halo Infinite. The biggest one among these comes in the form of two screenshots on Twitter that show a new mode within the game under the title Last Spartan Standing. That does sound like Battle Royale. The new game mode comes as a variation of the big team battle in Halo Infinite. The second screenshot shared by Twitter account Delta underscore hub provides some description of the new mode. As mentioned in the screenshot, the new game mode will let players enjoy in every Spartan for themselves gameplay, exactly like what we see exactly like what we see in Battle Royale modes and other games. The screenshot father mentions level up your loadout by earning personal score to be the last one standing. To recall, the Battle Royale mode in any other game like PUBG or Fortnite awards players in a similar manner on the basis of their ranking within the game. A report by Give Me Sport confirms the screenshots shared on Twitter confirms the screenshots shared on Twitter and mentions that the new game mode on Halo Infinite can still be seen within the custom games offline menu. As per the report, the mode has one 12 minute round with players, with players fighting to make a score of 51st. It is possible that 343 Industries bumps this, bump this up as the mode turns into a full-fledged battle royale. Earlier, Earlier reports has also indicated that a battle royale mode was discovered within the game's code by some data miners. So we can be assured that the developers are working on introducing such a game, such a mode to the game. As and when Halo Infinite gets it, it will have a very important platform to compete with its rival titles and possibly win the hearts of gamers. And that is the end. So yeah, it looks like we might begin a battle royale mode on um. Halo Infinite. Again, uh, I'm not 100% pressed on it, but I would definitely play it um, if a Battle Royale mode is coming to Halo Infinite, which it sounds like it will be. But, um, but yeah, I will definitely... I will say this. If a Battle Royale mode comes within Halo Infinite, I'll probably play that BR... I'll probably play Infinite BR more than any other BR games, which means all my friends that's listening and watching the podcast... If y'all listening and watching, I will play with y'all. I will definitely play. Just text me, let me know. I will definitely play. But anyway, that leads on to the um 
to the next article, which, you know, again, people have been complaining about content not coming to, um, to Infinite. It's been months now since the, uh, the game launch, and people want more, more content. And... Do, 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 do. Recently, actually yesterday, they just dropped the video announcing um, season two, which I have yet to watch. But this article um, that I have, which is by GameSpot.com, um, shows the updates that's coming. And we're going to pull up that. I can't talk right now. <laughs> I can't talk right now. What's up? I have a deep voice. Don't the deep voices get a lot of listens on podcasts and all that kind of stuff? Anyway, moving on. (laughs) And this article was published on April the 4th, and it reads as follows. Halo, mm, excuse me. Halo Infinite Season 2 adds new maps, weapons, changes, Jeff Stiles' voice for a big team battle. Season 2 Lone Wolves arrived May 3rd, and it sounds like a massive, massive update. 343 Industries have shared shared new details on Halo Infinite Season 2 Lone Wolves, which launches on May the 3rd, as they said before. As part of a ridiculously in-depth and lengthy blog post, the developer outlined some of the key points and drilled down into the specifics, specifics of what fans can expect from the sophomore season. For arena multiplayer, 343 is adding a new map, Catalyst, which will be available on multiple playlists at launch. The King of the Hill and uh, Attrition Mode 8, hold on, Attrition, I'm probably saying this wrong, at Attrition, A-T-T-R-I-T-I-O-N modes will be added to the new playlists. While the Motion Tractor, better known as the Radar, will see improvements to its Outer Edge Detection too. Mm-mm. For Big Team Battle, the new map Breaker will be available on Season 2 launch day. And in a very exciting development, multiplayer announced Jeff Stiles' voice, which you, which you know, uh, Slayer, Double Kill, Triple Kill. Uh, what's some other ones? I can't think of any right now. <laughs> Y'all know that voice. Um... Uh, Anyway, Jeff Styles' voice will be added for medals that players earn. The existing multiplayer announcer will, ma- will remain in place for everything else. BTB, Big Team Battle, also gets a fix in the Season 2 update for a bug that caused weapon racks to spawn a... a some, I'm not even going to try to say that. Basically, it spawns the wrong way. <laughs> I'm going to just highlight the word right here. I'm going to spell it out. For my listeners, A S Y M M E T R I C A L L Y. I promise y'all, I graduated high school and I'm in school right now, so I promise I, I promise I can read. <laughs> three four three also announced that it is implementing a change to CSR so that the progression bar now reflects results from the most recent match and not the entire season. Melee combat should be improved too, as three four three says players will. Be less likely to phase or whiff on beatdown chances thanks to network improvements. Additionally, melee damage is being decreased by 10% on all weapons. For the Mangler specifically, 
specifically, players will need to hit two shots and a beatdown to earn a kill. Okay. Additionally, the Ravager's base shot now sees a damage buff. For equipment, the, the drop wall gets a slight performance increase, while the overshield becomes more powerful as well, providing a slight more shield in 3 for 3 set. Uh, I don't know how I felt about that, the overshield being more powerful. I think it should be tweaked a little bit down. I think it should be nerfed just a little bit, in my opinion. Why am I looking at the wrong camera? <laughs> Again, I have two cameras. I have the webcam and then I have my phone right here, which I use for the podcast. Anyway, um, where I'm at. In terms of vehicle changes, collision damage, aka splatter, for the chopper will be increased to its vehicle splattering glory, 343 said. I agree with that. The Banshee's agility and damage output, meanwhile, will be increased to help players dominate better. And finally, which I agree, because I feel like the, the 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 Banshee is a little weak. It's not that weak, but it feels, it don't feel as powerful as the other games. It's still fun, though. And finally, the Warhog and Razor. Hold on, let's start again. And finally, <laughs> the Warhog and Razor back won't flip or bounce as much with the Season 2 update. You can see a full rundown. You can see a full rundown of the Halo Infinite Season 2 update highlights below, but this is not a represent represent this is not representative of all the changes coming in season two. You can also read the full whatever. So yeah, it sounds like some good updates are definitely coming. Again, they just dropped the trailer for the updates. Uh which I might do a reaction to. I'm probably am gonna do a reaction to it. But um, yeah, it looks like um things are looking good. We got from the sounds of it two two new maps coming, some nerves, some buffs, all that stuff. Again, I don't agree that they should buff the overshield, but it is what it is. But I definitely agree with the buff with the banshee. So we finally have it coming, boys. And you know, last night um I did stream Halo Infinite um because I haven't played in a while. Not because the lack of content, it just I've it been other games that I've been wanting to play, other games that I, you know, that I wanted to play, and I had to delete some stuff. And because I haven't played Infinite in a while, I just deleted, but I re-downloaded it last night. So, um, am I going to stream tonight? Or no, I think I'm going to record more Resident Evil. But um, but yeah. Now, this article that I came across has an interesting take. Which kind of um, drew my attention. Um, I kind of skimmed it a bit, but it definitely. Ooh, I just almost came across. Whoa, what? Now, I did not see this. <laughs> I'm going to show y'all what I mean in a second. I don't think I should show y'all, but it, it's centered. But anyway, this take is very interesting, as I was saying. And here we go. Cradle's. Uh, may need to step aside for his son now y'all know well if you don't know i recently um a few months ago be um got god of war the um the 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 the, the, the reboot the 2018 version which is very fun and it was very good but let's go to this article which is by thegamer.com which was published seven days ago um let's go to it now, you remember when I said that I, I just saw something that was a little wild? If y'all watching the video version, I'm just gonna circle it. 
<laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna say it. Let's just say if you're watching a video version, you you see. Anyway, let's get to it. At the God of War Ragnarok, Atreus needs to lead the series. Again, this is not official. This is just a take um, by uh, what's her name, Stacy Henley. Uh, she wrote this article. Um. Anyway, let's get the reading so y'all can understand. We have no idea what the future holds for Kratos and God of War after Ragnarok. Trilogies are pretty bankable these days. Yet God of War is opting for just a twofer here, with the Norse saga ending with Ragnarok, which seems only fitting given the name. You think, given how much money God of War three would inevitably make that the Dells have a lot of faith in their story and likely a strong idea of where Kratos heads next. We know that when Norse setting was initially explored, the Dells were relatively split between Faerun and Norse and Egyptian with the Norse eventually winning out. I think that would have been good, uh, the Egyptians. You think when the, that, I can't read. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, let me take a sip of this water real quick. Five stars. <laughs> Rated five stars. <laughs> mm. You think you think then that Egypt will be next in line. But perhaps we shouldn't be asking where Kratos will be going at all. We should be asking if we need Kratos to come with us. Atreus has received something of a critical evaluation since God of War 2018. Yep, I had the year right. While Christopher Judge's delivery of boy quickly became iconic, the boy himself was often regarded as a nuisance. He was kind of a nuisance. He was cool. Mm, my voice went all high. Cool. <laughs> Some were reliable in combat though only in fits and starts. Atreus also fails the game with dialogue, bouncing off the stoic brick wall of Kratos. He, he has license to be annoying as a young teenage boy. So while him being irritated is relevant to the story, that doesn't make him any less irritating. However, let me tell you something real quick before we continue reading. If y'all want to, y'all should, um, I have, cause I was streaming God of War 2018. So y'all can go back and, um, watch that if y'all want. But the, but the times he's been irritated, I was vocal about, I was like, you know what? He need a whooping. <laughs> anyway, however, once it is revealed that Atreus is actually Loki, he becomes more valuable to the story, more interesting to the wider world than just being Kratos' son. And a further example of the sad datification of video games in the mid to late um, tens, which is, you know, 2010s, the previous decade, I know. Atreus' value to the story in the four years, <clears throat> four years distance we have, we've all had from the game has made us more affectionate towards him. Hopefully in Ragnarok, Ragnarok he won't undo all that as soon as he opens his mouth, but will instead have a have matured a little. Oh my gosh, I can't read, y'all. <laughs> I promise y'all I graduated high school. I promise y'all I can read. Y'all see the books that's behind me. <laughs> um 
but instead have matured a little and will be less of an irritating fly constantly buzzing around us as we play. Once you factor in that Agaboda and Graboda, A-N-G-R-B-O-D-A, is set to have a significant role in Ragnarok, him or her and Loki being betrothed in the Legends, so her, it feels like Atreus, I'm not 100% familiar with the Norse, um, mythology i know i do know of thor i do know of um what's thor's father saying i can't think of his name i do know of loki i do um i can't remember thor's father's name right now i can't remember all the names that's left my mind i i, I can't think of it but um anyway it feels like a trace is set to play a major part in the sequel not just as a sidekick but as a central character if that's the case, perhaps the game is being made to pass the torch along. It's a major change, but with, but not without precedent. J- Joel leaves The Last of Us with Ellie in tow before before being killed off in the beginning of Part Two with Ellie and in a much of in a. In, ah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and in a much bigger twist, Joel's killer Abby taking over as a protagonist. Things could well shift again in the third game with Abby and Lev in the driving seat. You could argue The Last of Us only has a single game, whereas God of War 2018 was a reboot of a long-running series that has always been held together by Kratos. But in the new era of God of War, but the new era of God of War has tried hard to distance itself, narratively thematically and in terms of tone direction and gameplay from the original era having kratos step aside for atreus even if he doesn't need to be killed by agent norse golf club has been done by the sony blockbuster factory before while it's admittedly less of a risk to not opt out for the full trilogy in a reliable profitable setting it still constitutes a risk being taken in the name of story and if a strong case has been made for Atreus stepping into the lamp to, for Atreus stepping into the limelight it's not beyond the realm of reason and that strong case can be made while Kratos appeals to the aging audience of gamers and senior developers who push the sad datification movement Atreus hits the younger audience it can often often end badly when a studio pivots to a younger audience to chase numbers but this feels more natural it's not forced to hit a focus group's expectation it's handing the reins to a new character with a fresh story to tell alright we're almost done of course there is a major issue with the gameplay even as the series have transitioned between the original era and the 2018 release it has remained firmly hack and slash with fast brutal combat there's a story behind the blood and gore, but the blood and gore is as squelchy as ever. Atreus is an archer, and even as he grows into Loki, we will not expect him to swell into a mighty warrior. I don't have an exact answer for how that will work, but at this point, I think we can trust the devs to make a compelling video game. If you like God of War, which haven't read this far, surely you do. Yep, we do then the gameplay should be the least of your concerns because you know the game's in safe hands. Kratos broad shoulders have carried God of War so far, but it might be finally time to let him rest 
As the North Saga comes to a close, it's time for Atreus to step out from the shadows. So yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, again, when I first saw this um, article, I was like, wait a minute, what? He needs to step aside. You know, Kratos needs to step, step aside, step aside, step aside. Let's drink some water. Let's drink some water. Some more Travis Porter. Something, something, something. Anyway, I think that's definitely interesting. Um, because again, like with The Last of Us, say what you want, want about The Last of Us 2. It was definitely interesting when you play as older Ellie and then you play as Abby. Their dynamic is different. Like the way that you play with them, <laughs> play with them. It's like, wow, um, Ellie is a little bit more agile and she's not as strong and she got to rely more on um, agility and techniques. Abby, she's a little bit more tougher and she can handle some hits. And, she, she, you know, she uses different weapons than um, Ellie does. So I definitely think, will they go that direction? We don't know. Again, that was just a take from uh, one of the journalists. But I think that's interesting. And I think maybe Sony might be thinking about that. So we'll just have to see. But I thought that was definitely interesting. Um, Y'all let me know. Um... If y'all watch the video version, drop a comment, whatever. Anyway, now, this article that I came across was, um, I thought it was actually pretty funny. I didn't, I've only really skimmed it, but I thought it was funny. Now, y'all know the game, um, Among Us, right? Where, you know, you're fixing the ship, but somebody's a fraud, and this, that, and the other, and you kind of have to figure it out as you're fixing the ship and all that kind of stuff. And you know the term sus, you know, people be like, you acting kind of sus. This is kind of sus. Well, guess what? The term sus has made it onto Jeopardy. Yep, I'm going to say that again. The term sus has made it into Jeopardy. So let's go ahead and open this article up right here. And this is from Kotaku.com. And it was posted on Thursday. Um... Yeah, so sus has made it onto Jeopardy. Slanging uh, adjective for someone you think is not what they seem. So, Among Us didn't invent the word, I know, but it's certainly responsible for its explosion in popularity over the last few years. Oh, just a side note, I have yet to play this game, but I'm 100% familiar with it. So, it shouldn't be too surprising to, just, to see... Matter of fact, I'm going to show you all this picture real quick before we continue reading. <laughs> So, yep, you definitely, for people that's um, looking at the video version, it says slang an adjective for someone you think is not what they seem, especially if they might be the imposter in the game Among Us. <laughs> I, li I literally saw this and I, I chuckled a bit. Anyway, so it shouldn't be too surprising to see Sus finally make it onto the game show Jeopardy. And tonight's episode... Uh, contestants were given the prompt again what I read before and then one of the uh, contestants nailed it like I said Among Us didn't invent the word it's recorded history goes back to almost a century when it was used in Britain as police jargon to say someone was sus was simply shortening the word suspect the exact same meaning used today and in the game while the word has some troublesome connotation it was used in connection with some stopping 
Okay. Yeah, this is the part I didn't read, but. Alright, that's. I just wanted to show y'all that real quick. I thought that was interesting, but that just shows that the culture of gaming is it's up there definitely. Like I'm like gaming has been relevant for a while now. You know, going back to the 80s and 90s, all that kind of stuff, but it is now part of the culture now. It is much is a much bigger part of the culture cuz usually back in the day when you first thought about video games, Usually, your first thought was Mario. That was the very first thought. It was Mario and Sonic, probably. But now it has expanded. And again, video games is now coming coming apart as pop culture. Again, we have esports now. So that just shows that gaming is prevalent and relevant now. So anyway, moving on. So let's talk about some IRL stuff, aka in real life. Um, let me pull this up. So this is an article that I came across, which is interesting. Uh, more workers are testing positive for marijuana. <laughs> and the article comes from the Wall Street Journal and it reads as follows. Let's pull this up. And it was uh, published... Oh, this is old, but still, it's, it's still interesting. It was, well, it was updated on March the 30th. It doesn't show when it was posted. I'm trying to find out where it was posted. Anyway, y'all get it. Positive drug tests is among U.S. workers hit two, two decade high. Fewer employers tested applicants for marijuana last year than in 2020 as companies grappled with nationwide labor shortages. The percentage of working Americans had ah, the percentage of working Americans testing positive for drugs hit a two decade high last year, driven by the increase in positive marijuana tests as businesses might have loosened screening policies amid nationwide labor shortages, which they should. Of uh, the more than six million general workforce urine tests. Tests that Quest Diagnosis Incorporated, one of the country's large drug testing laboratories, screened for marijuana last year, 3.9% came back positive, an increase of more than 8% from 2020, according to Quest's annual. Oh God, to Quest's annual drug testing index. I, let me tell you something real quick. I just woke up about two hours, hours ago, so I'm still waking up. <laughs> that figure is up. 50% since 2017. Since then, the number of states that legalized marijuana for recreational use grew from 18 from 8 plus the District of Columbia. Despite the increase in positivity last year, fuel companies tested their employees for THC, the substance in marijuana primarily responsible for its effects in recent years, said Barry Sample, Quest's senior scientist consultant. The shift in legal backdrop and changing cultural attitudes have prompted some employees to stop testing for marijuana while companies in some states are barred from factoring the test results into hiring decisions, which I think which I think that's how it should be, according to Dr. Sample. And those trends accelerated last year amid the recent shortage of workers, especially in states where recreational marijuana is legal, Dr. Sample added. And this is what he said. 
We've been seeing year over year declines in those recreational use states, but by far the largest drop we've ever seen was in 2021, he said about the number of drug testers that screened for THC. The percentage of specimens tested for THC declined 6.7% nationwide in 2021 from 2020, while that frequently fell by 10.3% in states where recreational marijuana is legal, according to Quest's data. We certainly heard from, we certainly heard from, oh gosh, I'm terrible right now. I'm sorry, y'all. Again, I can read. <laughs> anyway, we certainly heard from some of our employer customers that they were having difficulty finding qualified workers to pass the drug test. Dr. Sample said of pre-employment tests for THC, especially in states where use of the drug is legal. Overall, the proportion of U.S. workers who tested positive for the various drugs Quest screen for in 2021 rose to 4.6%, the highest level since 2001, according to Quest, which analyzed nearly 9 million overall urine tests last year on behalf of behalf of employers. We've almost done, y'all. <laughs> The percentage is more than 31% higher than the low of 3.5 a decade ago in the early days of a resurgent. We don't care about heroin, even though we should be worried about it. Of a resurgent heroin epidemic in the U.S. In Michigan, where recreational marijuana was legalized in 2018, many employers didn't loosen their requirements on pre-employment drug tests for a few years, according to Tammy Turner co-owner of Capstone Employment Services, a Detroit-based staffing agency. But during the pan pandemic and the related labor shortages, Capstone, which works mostly with manufacturers that supply the big three car makers, encouraged regional employees, employers to loosen their THC screening policies for many positions. So, all right, that's a lot. I'm not gonna read all that. <laughs> Basically, what the article is saying is that uh, THC um, testing um, has lowered and also that when um, when people do get tested it's more it's testing more positive for THC testing positive for marijuana but they still been pretty loose that co some companies are starting to be pretty loose about it now which I think that's how it should be because think about it man everybody well, I ain't gonna say everybody, but majority of people in the world smokes marijuana. And again, like marijuana, it just first of all, it has so many medical usage. It's um it's good for depression, it's good for anxiety, it's good for appetite, it's good for pain, it's good for a lot of things. And with the pandemic, you know, with COVID, job losses, all that stuff, anxiety is at an all-time high. And again, we compared to like these major drugs as that's out here, like coke and heroin, and even alcohol. This is what I always leaned on. This is what I always lean on when it comes to marijuana. As long as you're not high on the job, and some people even go to work high and perform even better than when they're sober. Trust me. I work at Amazon and I know people be smoking because I be in that parking lot, be smelling like straight up weed. <laughs> but they're doing their job. As long as you ain't like high to the point you can barely walk and all that kind of stuff. I mean, 
Come on now. And even if we are going to do drug tests, I feel like it should be the oral swab because the oral swab, unlike the urine test, only tests for like the last day or two or a couple hours, whatever. Whereas about the urine with um, THC at least, it can detect it up to 30 days, maybe a little bit farther back. And it's like, whatever I'm doing at home, as long as I'm not high at work, why should it matter? I am smoking at home. I am partaking at home. What I do in the privacy of my own home should not concern you. Like I said, as long as I'm showing up to work, as long as I'm coming to work, doing my job like I'm supposed to, as long as I'm performing like I'm supposed to, does it matter if I'm smoking a blunt or two while I'm at <laughs> while I'm home? I could have smoked a blunt 30 days ago, but I take a drug test, or you do a random drug test, and y'all fire me for it, or I don't get the job for it just because I smoked a blunt, I smoked a joint 30 days ago. And this is not me, you know, I'm not going... <laughs> I'm not going to confirm nor deny whether I smoke or not or partake. That's my business, none of y'all's. I'm just going to say this. Marijuana should be legal all across the board. Not only just for job purposes, but also keep people out of jail. Like, marijuana offenses have got so many people in jail. Like, come on now. That's why a lot of these jails and prisons are overpopulated because of these marijuana offenses. I'm like... As long as you ain't DUI, as long as you're not driving while under the influence and all this stuff, if I'm home and I got some weed, or if I'm driving and I'm in possession of it, you pull me over talking about some I smell weed and you find it and now you about to lock me up over a dime bag. Come on now. And marijuana has it's all been proven that marijuana has so many benefits to it. So all I'm saying is it need to be legal and don't need to be drug tested. Or if you're going to do drug tests, do the swab. As long as I'm not high at work, everything should be good. But anyway, this is going to be the last article that I have here. Um, let's see. So, and this is going to be more local. Uh, this, this story is a little bit more local. Well, it is local. Uh... $600 homes in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and let's go ahead and put up this article. This article is from WRIC.com, ABC 8 o'clock news. And it reads as follows. Um, and this was posted on April the 4th. $600 for a three-bedroom Habitat for Humanity unveils uh, pilot program. It's no secret that rent in Richmond, in Richmond has been rising over the last few years oh my gosh i've been looking at apartments lately and oh my gosh i remember a year or two ago this apartment i was looking at was one price i looked it up recently i'm like it almost went up by 200 dollars. anyway now habitat for humanity is pushing forward with their housing program in the city with a price tag that's sure to turn heads which that's why i clicked on this article i saw 600 homes i was like wait what the organization has unveiled two new rental homes built as part of a pilot program to provide affordable housing in the city. The three bedroom houses located in North Church Hill are now occupied by families taking part in Habitat's affordable home ownership program. According to a press release, the families were stuck paying high 
were stuck paying high rents for substandard housing, which were which was preventing them from saving up for a down payment on a house of their own. As rental costs in the city of Richmond and across the country have skyrocketed, said Mary Kay Huss, CEO of Richmond Metro Habitat for Humanity. Richmond Habitat saw a distinct need to provide more affordable rental opportunities to local individuals who are working towards achieving their goals of becoming homeowners. The average rent uh, on a three-bedroom apartment in Richmond was over $1,500 in 2021 and has and it's risen rapidly in recent years, far outpacing inflation. That's just ridiculous. Let me tell you something real quick. $1,500? That's a mortgage right there. That's actually, depending on the kind of house you got, that's double mortgage. But anyway, let's, let's go farther. 1500 how can i save for a house when i'm paying more for the property than i'm rent anyway the average monthly mortgage payment on a habitat for humanity home in richmond by contrast is just 600 according to habitat richmond that's probably because of serious affordable housing shortage in the city with two sorry 20,000 affordable units needed to meet demand while the program is started small, four more houses are already planned for Richmond Southside, pending zoning approval from the city. Looking, for, looking farther ahead, Richmond Habitat is deciding how to balance affordable rentals in a pathway to home ownership. We really haven't figured out what that mix is yet, said Director of Communications for Richmond Habitat, Christian Vignaro. I think that's how you say the name. But yeah, that's, that's it. Um, I like that. I definitely like that that my city is starting to take steps towards um, affordable housing because I've seen people like I've been on Facebook lately and I've seen some people that has complained that the rent is skyrocketing that they're trying to save up from a home but it's almost impossible it's just and fifteen hundred for a three bedroom apartment let me tell you something real quick my friends right three of my friends was living in this house they recently just moved but they was living in this house mind you it was and it was a decent sized house too i think they was paying 1200 for it i think i could be off but i think it was like 1200 and then yet on here i just read that an apartment a three-bedroom apartment was 1500 do y'all not see nothing wrong with that like, like I said, I've been wanting to move. And again, I'm trying to clear my debt. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, I'm trying to move. And yet rent keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up. Sooner or later, I'll be stuck in my dad's house by the time I'm 40, 50 years old. I want to move in my own place. But anyway, it's just, it's definitely getting ridiculous with the rental costs. Everything is going up. Gas going up. Stress going up. Horniness is going up. <laughs> Cause think about it. Gas is so expensive. I'm like, I'm not driving to no chick house when it might be possible she might not be giving me <laughs> There was a meme that I shared before. I don't know where I shared it at. Or I might have sent it to somebody. It was like with gas going high, if I'm driving to your house, we go together. And I 100 percent agree with that. I'm like, if I'm gonna be 
shoot i put 40 dollars in my tank um yesterday and while it went past half a tank it took what is it quarter and a half i think whatever it is right before the full mark whatever i mean yes i have a big car i have a 2012 dodge charger rt so i do have a big car which i need to check to see how long it's gonna take them to do this oil change because i dropped my car yesterday to get an oil change so they should be calling me anytime now but gas is so like even before like they fill up my car like i remember last year it was like 30 dollars to fill up my car or it might have been 40 to fill it up I, I don't remember, but gas is going up so much, and rent going up so much. It's just ridiculous, and that's that's. I mean, part of the reason why I haven't moved yet because of my own debt. But um, how can I save up when stuff is going up? But like like, my car insurance went up, and my health insurance went up. So it's like it's hard to save up for this stuff. So. Luckily, I'm living with my dad, so it's like I'm paying the same amount of rent. But still, for other people that not, might not be so lucky, they might have to live on their own and trying to save up for a house, but it's getting difficult. So I'm glad there's programs like this. And what I want to do is see, you know, more about this program. Matter of fact, I'm going to see if they have a website. Um, so that way, um, do, 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 do. I want to keep up with this program and see if there's anything that I can do to help out and also to see if there's, you know, once you start building these houses, I want to um, send this information to people so that way they can um, try to get some housing on their own because $600 for a three bedroom, that's decent, that is nice, but yeah, so we're almost at the end of the podcast. So the last thing I want to talk about, usually at the end of the podcast, I like to, um, you know, give advice that may be helpful to some. I just like, you know, I like to share share some helpful things to people, uh, whether, you know, it might be. I don't really give financial advice, but I do, you know, give life advice that may help some people out there and all this kind of stuff. And recently, um again i've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and one of the podcasts i started listening to was on um, the brilliant idiots by charlamagne the god and andrew schultz um andrew schultz is a comedian and um charlamagne the god he's a radio personality and in the last episode of the podcast i did explain how i read one of his books on um, charlamagne the god's book um which was shook once where he talked about him dealing with anxiety with anxiety and all that stuff Mm. And one of the episodes that um that I was listening to, Charlemagne was talking about um how now this episode is a little bit old. This was like back in 2019, but it's still prevalent. He was talking about how he had started um valuing himself. Um He's starting to see more self-value in himself. He's starting to, um, he feels more worthy of himself because at first he said he didn't value himself at first, but now as a recent, he started to value himself more. And that's something I want to talk about because that hit, that hit right in the solar plexus, which is like the area in your chest, like right here. It's, it's, 
if you're watching the video version, you'll be able to see. But <laughs> you don't know what the solar plexus is. It's basically this part of the rib cage where a lot of nerves are at. So if you hit it, anyway, he was just talking about how he's starting to feel more worthy and starting to feel uh, he's starting to have more self value in himself because when he wrote the book Shook Ones, um, when he wrote that book. The reason why he wrote it is because and I'm trying to remember everything he said, but um, and I had to listen to this episode twice so I can remember everything he said, and I still don't remember. But one of the things he was saying, the reason why he wrote that book, because he wanted to help people who look like him, uh, black and, and, and non-blacks as well, other races as well. He wanted to help people who um you know who was dealing with anxiety and other mental health issues, and he said with that with him you know helping other people out now he feels more worthy and he has his self value and that's something I want to talk about because this might get a little bit deep but that's one of the things I've been kind of struggling with recent actually a very long time I've been struggling with my self value because I'm not gonna lie to y'all um I've said this before I've, I've been dealing with anxiety with depression of course I have ADHD and as a kid I dealt with behavioral issues like I went to five to six elementary schools you know I went to alternative schools I went to private school which was an alternative school and I'm not going to get into too much detail, but, you know, again, I have a lot of behavioral issues. I got kicked out of a lot of schools. You know, as a kid, I went to a lot of therapy. I went to a lot of counseling. And I just got I got in a lot of trouble. It might not seem like it now, but I got in a lot of trouble. And because... Oh, I thought I heard somebody coming in. But... Because I got in a lot of trouble and because I went through a lot, not only got in a lot of trouble, but when I was in middle school, I dealt with um, a lot of bullying, teasing, a lot of fights. Um, and I'm not just telling this story because I, I'm not doing this for the boohoos and the woe is me. And I don't want nobody feeling sorry for me. I don't want nobody feeling sorry for me. But the reason why I'm telling y'all this because maybe it can help somebody you know, whoever's listening or watching, you know, that's one of my things when uh, when it comes to mental health. You know, uh, I'm a big advocate of good mental health because especially when it comes to men and black men at that, you know, men of color, when it comes to mental health, we don't talk about it a lot. We kind of just hide our feelings and hide our emotions, but we, we deal with a lot. So, Again, elementary school, went to five, six different elementary schools, got put out a lot of them. And then in middle school, because of that awkwardness, you know, I never stayed in one school, you know, when it comes to like social interaction with people. I'm still socially awkward to this day. Like, you know, I'm all energetic now and I'm, yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> but that's because I'm comfortable here, but. When I'm out in public, I'm in my shell, which I'm getting better at. I'm getting better at. Around my friends, I have a lot of energy and all this stuff. But in public, it's just, 
I'm mowing to myself. I'm in my shell like a Mario Turtle, or t- whatever those things are. Um, but um, I'm trying to think, y'all. And then when I was in seventh grade, when I was in middle school, again, I dealt with a lot of bullying and teasing and all that stuff. Let me tell y'all a story real quick. And this affected me a lot, especially when it comes to my weight. Because I've been struggling with my weight for like years since I was in middle school. And this is what caused it. And at this time, I wasn't even big at the time. I didn't get big until like my last two years of high school. Um, I mean, I wasn't like swole or super slim or anything like that or fit. But I was able to wear a medium. <laughs> I remember this one incident, and I'm going somewhere with this. Again, I was very awkward in middle school. So I remember one time in PE class, we're outside, whatever. And I'm just, you know, being me, you know, saying to myself, it was this group of girls, right? They call me over. Like I said, I'm a, I'm this awkward kid and all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, okay, there's a whole bunch of girls that want to talk to me. Okay, I'll come over. So they ask me questions. They like, you know, you got a girlfriend, this, that, whoop de whoop. Like, they giving me, like, the rundown. So then one of the girls approach me and, like, try grabs on my shirt. So first, I kind of move her hands like, no, 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 let me see what you got going on. And I was like, okay, go ahead. She pulled up my shirt and she was like, ew. And I didn't realize it until uh, years later that affected me very much. Cause I'm like, oh gosh. I was like, dang, this girl don't like how I look. I must be fat or something like that. And ever since then, I've, you know, was struggling my, you know, my weight and all that stuff. And then plus the bullying and all that kind of stuff. High school was a bit better, but of course I met my old bullies. You know, they still made fun of me and this, that, and the other. And again, dealing with all the behavioral issues and all that kind of stuff. And then plus like recently, more recent, um, I dealt with two bad breakups back to back as a recent. I've never got into too much details about it. And still, I'm not going to get into too much, too much details about my last two breakups, but they were awful. It was it was awful and you know the funny thing is one of my exes she actually still follows me on my you know on my twitch and all this stuff like i don't know if this year last year i saw that she followed me on my twitch and at first i was gonna block her but then i was like you know what i'm gonna let her watch me because she made this choice so and why i don't dog my exes out you know all that kind of stuff sometimes i might mention them in a certain way i don't say the names all that stuff but i'm like she chose to follow me so if she hears something she don't like, that's that's on her. But I dealt with some very bad breakups. Like one of my exes, uh, we had an apartment together, and when we broke up, I had to move back in my, my dad's house. That affected me because I was like, once I, I always told myself, once I move out, I'm never coming back. And we only lived together for like four or five months before we finally before I finally moved back. So, uh, and of course, that ex, you know, she cheated on me. She did a couple times. And, you know, when 
when somebody cheats on you or whatever, it's it's a very terrible feeling because then you feel like, okay, I wasn't enough. Why would she go out, you know? And just to let y'all know, it was one of those situations of don't worry about him, you know, don't worry about this guy. It was one of those kind of situations. But um, it was just, it felt terrible. Like I, ooh, it, it just felt terrible because I felt like I wasn't enough. You know, I don't feel, you know, man enough. You know, like I, I felt like I didn't fit the definition of a man because as a man, we're supposed to make sure our woman is good. We make, we're supposed to provide and protect. And I did all of that. Like I nearly went broke. Um, actually, both of my exes that I'm talking about, I went broke. Trying to make sure they were provided for. I took care of them, this, that, and the other. And they still did. Well, one of the exes cheated on me. And the other ex was just wasn't happy. No matter how much, you know, I did. It was just, she was never ha- happy. Technically, both of them was never happy. No matter, you know. So, of course, I had to move back with my dad. And then my most recent ex... We was together for like two and a half years. It was just like, no matter what I did, it was like, she was never happy. And it was like, she was very immature. And like, not to get into too many details, but it was like, because I was really, at the time, her only family, you know, I was the only family she had at the time. So because of that, you know, she got... Again, I don't want to get into too many details, but she got sick, so things happened where when she was living on her own at one point, you know, I paid her rent, whatever, and then she moved in with my dad, and it was just like, again, I'm not going to go into too many details, but the debt that I have now, the debt that I always mentioned was because of this ex, and that's what's preventing me from moving, so... Dealing with all of that, again, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just putting this out here just for what was me and boohoo's and all this stuff. And I'm not trying to expose my exes because at the end of the day, I'm I'm trying to move on. I'm I'm trying to move on. And sometimes it's hard to move on because I'm sometimes I look at my bank account and I'm like, God, egg. It's like, and. In the beginning of this podcast, I said I've been feeling good at this, that. This is the best I've felt in a while. And again, I told y'all before, you know, I've been dealing with anxiety, depression. You know, I go to therapy. I see a psychiatrist. I take medication and all that kind of stuff because I've been dealing with a lot. Like, and um, I'm trying to figure out how, how to word this exactly. It's just, I've been feeling terrible lately because cause then like, after I broke up with my recent ex, you know, I had a very good job, but dealing with the stress of that plus the stress of that job, I just up and quit. And then the job I worked after that, and I mentioned this before, it was an IT job, but the pay dropped tremendously. And it was just, I wasn't making as much money. I was broke. Like when I was working at this job, I was driving a company van, right? And of course, um, they let us use the company um, credit card so that way we can fill up the van with gas. I was so broke at this time that I was actually stealing gas from the company. Like what I would do, like I would bring like a gas can with me while I'm on the road. 
after I fill up the van, I would fill up the gas tank. And I'm not bragging about this because this is, I felt terrible doing this. I felt terrible to this day. And it was like, and I, you know, I told my parents about it. And I remember my mom told me, hey, you know, just, just ask me for money and I'll give it to you because I don't want you catching a felony. I remember I was stealing gas and then at the, you know, I'll bring the van back to the company and I will put the tank in my car. So now my car is smelling like gas, the fumes, I'm getting headaches and all this stuff because that's how broke I was. I barely had any money and I was still dealing with the debt of my own, of my ex at the time, you know, and like I said, I took a tremendous pay cut, a tremendous one. Like I could barely afford gas. I could barely afford food. I could barely do anything like it was just it was bad it was very bad which is why I'm working at Amazon now because I was like I need more money and then the crazy thing is I started working at Amazon and just things kept hitting me back to back like I said my insurance recently went up both my car and my um health insurance you know taking all these medications and all this kind of stuff it just it made me feel terrible as a man because again, my mom said I could ask her for money, but it's like, I'm a man. I'm 28 years old. I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to be able to provide for myself. And I can't even provide for myself. And it's like, I can't even, if I was to bring a child into this world right now, I have nothing to offer that child other than my presence, which which is a big thing, but I wouldn't be able to take care of that child. I wouldn't be able to give them diapers. I don't even have a home to provide for that child. And it's just, and it ain't just money. It's other stuff that goes behind it as well, which is much more, it's more deeply rooted. But it's just, I felt like I was worthless. It was like, I felt like I had no value to bring to the world. It was like, why am I even here? And I'm going, yes, I'm kind of semi going that route with this story. Uh, but it was just like, I never, f you know, I don't feel good about myself. It was like, it's hard to look in the mirror. It's like the confidence ain't there, which the confidence was almost never there. Like I, like, let me, let me, let me show you something real quick. Well, let me tell you something real quick that my therapist sent me one time. Like right now, like me and my therapist, we're working on, and I'm willing to talk about this, but, um, you know, I have a, a, a confidence issue. You know, I have a real confidence issue. Um, hold on. And one of the things as I, I, um, hold on, I'm bringing it up right now. Mm, let's see. This is things that I, I that I that I told my therapist. I told my therapist I value myself until I don't. And you know what? I'm gonna read this. As discussed, you're extremely attached to your old story that was created during your childhood. The story continues to get pulled into your day-to-day -day life in a self-sabotaging manner. I want to assist you with leaving the past and the past and creating the now that you desire. The struggle with seeing yourself as any different from the kid who was teased, who was teased, bullies, bullied, and socially awkward. You made the statement, I value myself until I don't. We want to strengthen your ability to value yourself and accept your flaws as a part of normal life. The judgment, criticism, devaluing, dishonoring, and abandonment you experience is self-reflecting. 
there's a tendency to value other perceptions at a higher level than should be in order to develop a healthy self-image. There's a bit of mind reading and speculation that goes to to you developing a story that you think that the other person believes. This too has to stop. Common statements repeated itself. I'm going to mess this up. I don't know what to do. What am I doing? I'm going to say the wrong things. I'm weird. People don't know how to take me. You tend to lead with the negative and this has to shift. Ask yourself if each statement is absolutely true true, and begin to build a case to work against. That's the stuff that me and my therapist go, you know, that we're working on. My self-value, my confidence, my, my value. Because again, I felt like I never value myself. I felt like, what am I doing here? What do I offer to the world? It's like, I can't do anything right. I'm 28, still living with my dad. And it's like, and of course, you know, the how the economy is and how society's going right now. A part of it is, that's a part of what it has to do with it as well. But, you know, again, with my debt, you know, and again, I'm still having financial issues now. Um, oh, my voice went all high and crackly. <laughs> Sound like a teenager. But, um... You know, I'm still struggling with some things, you know, especially financially, mentally. I'm going better in a mental direction now, but it's like, who, how can I explain this? It's just, I feel, you know, I'm like, I can't, I felt like I can't do anything right. You know, I'm always messing up stuff. I'm living with my dad at 28. You know, I have to ask my parents for money, which I don't do often, but it's like, you know, and lately I've been, you know, financially struggling really bad to the point of missing payments and all that kind of stuff. So that goes to say I've been the last month, I would say I've been feeling much better. I, hold on. Let's say this. The last few weeks I've been feeling much better. I've been feeling more confident um, I just been feeling good lately. I've been again. I've been exercising a little bit. I've been losing weight. I've been eating much better, which a lot has to do with that as well. That goes into your mood. You know what you put in your body, what you do, um, and it just. Um, sorry, I just got a vibration on my phone. A notification. What I'm trying to say is this. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way from time to time or a lot of time. But what I want to tell people is this. I'm starting to see the value in myself and I want people to see the value within themselves. And I want them to know that they have value and they have worth. You are worthy. And I have to tell myself constantly, I'm worthy of being on this planet. I'm worthy of of being here. I'm more than just a person who screws up, which is being human. You're going to screw up at times. You know, I'm a good person. You know, I'm willing to help out others. I love others. I love making people laugh, which is why I do consecration. I love entertaining people. And like on my let's plays, I always say, even, even if I only make one person day, then I completed my objective. And I mean that every single time I say that. And I'm so dead freaking serious about it. I mean that every single time because I know what it feels like to feel like crap. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. And I hate that feeling. So sometimes I like to, I'm not a funny person, but I like to make people laugh. I'm goofy and corny. And like, if I can make one person laugh, then, 
yeah, I completely my objective. I love making people laugh. If I can make people forget the, their crappy life, even just for 30 seconds. Because now what I'm starting to tell people now is when I make jokes and they smile, they be like, man, you corny. I was like, did you laugh, though? Did you laugh, though? All right, cool. You laugh. So that's all I wanted. <laughs> and like, I look at myself now again. I'm a good friend. I'm a good son. I'm a good uncle. I'm a good godfather. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm good at, you know, like, for example, this content creation thing, my setup, the technology, one of the things I look at, again, I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of people may not know how to do all this kind of stuff. A lot of people don't know how to do all this kind of stuff. And uh, cause usually when I talk to people, I'm thinking that people know more than I do. I always go to that approach with, which is semi good approaches like, you want to listen to people that know more than you so you can learn. But I always think that I'm the stupid one. I always come to that approach like I'm the stupid one. I'm stupid, you know, whatever. But sometimes when I be talking to people, especially about content creation, tech and all this stuff, they were like, whoa, what? what? Hold on, hold on, slow down. You're going over my head. And I'm like, I'm thinking what I know is just, and I hate to say this, but common knowledge. When actually, I might know some things that people might not know and vice versa. And that's a good thing because we can all learn from each other. And, you know, and I look back at it and I always, you know, like with my friends, for example, I've always been a good friend. You know, I was one of the ones that first started driving when people need work, um, um, need, need, um, um, rise back and forth to work. You know, I was dependable. I taught one of my friends how to drive, all that kind of stuff. Um, and recently I was, you know, I kind of. You know, when I'm in my feelings or going through something, I keep it to myself because I'm like, I don't want to bother nobody with my troubles and all this stuff. But recently, I kind of came out with uh, to all my friends. I was like, this is what I'm struggling with because we all in the group chat. So I came out with this long message to say, this is what I'm struggling with, whatever. And they was like, you know, just reach out to us. And if you need help, we got you. And I was like, wow. And I realized something. I was like, because I've always been a good friend. They're always going to be good friends as well. And I need to learn how to lean on them more. I also need to learn how to lean on my parents more. I think my dad is back because I can hit the truck. The moral of the story is I'm starting to see more value on myself. It's like I, I see myself as worthy. I'm starting to see my worth now a lot more now because dealing with like, you know, again, my ex is my childhood and all that kind of stuff. I didn't see myself worthy. Again, I didn't see. I just didn't see myself as a good person. You know, again, I'm not out here, uh, you know, I'm not hurting people, you know, I'm working, I'm, I'm a legit person, you know, um, I work hard, I'm not out there, again, I'm not hurting people, I'm not robbing people and all this kind of stuff. I stay to myself, you know, and I help people. This content creation, while yes, it's mostly video games and all this kind of stuff, look what I'm doing now. I'm putting myself out there because I know there's people out there that felt or felt the same way that I do. And if I could, if me putting myself out there, if me being vulnerable can help somebody, that's a lot of value right there. That is a lot of value right there. And I want to tell everybody that's watching right now, and I'm getting a little emotional. I ain't going to lie. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm about to end it right now. I mean, and it's okay to get emotional, but everybody that's watching this right now, I don't care who you are. I don't care 
what color your skin is. I don't care if you gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever. I do not care about any of that. If you are a good person, you have worth. You have worth. I have worth. You have worth. All y'all do. And I know it's easier said than done. It's hard to look into yourself as look into yourself at times. A lot of us are dealing with anxiety and depression and look what the world is going through right now. And look how society has pitted us against each other and make life harder for us. That's all I'm saying, y'all. I have worth, you have worth. And if anybody has ever considered therapy, do it. Just do it. And if you worry about the cost of therapy and all this kind of stuff, most jobs has what is called EAP, Employment Assistance Program. And what they do, like, let's just say you have insurance with them, right? Let's just say you have insurance with them, with the company. What they do, what that EAP will do will pay like, I remember one of my jobs, they pay like for free, like five therapy sessions, five therapy sessions. Get started that way. There's also many programs out there that will get you connected to uh, counselors that's affordable and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of where I started. I've been with my therapist for like years now. I Like ever since I dealt with my, one of my other exes, which is like, almost four years ago, four, yeah, four or five years ago. I've been with her since. She's a black therapist at that. So, and she's been really helpful. Like she emails me, she texts me, she gives me homework. Like, again, she wrote out that email for me, um, the one I read to y'all. So you feel like, and I know that stigma with therapy, I'm not gonna get into that, but do that. You know, um, there's so many resources out there that people can get help. If you feel like, you know, and if you feel like you can't talk to anybody else, message me, message me. I'm not perfect. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I might not have all the answers to anything, but if you just want to vent to me, whatever, just reach out to me, you know, and I will do my very best to help out, you know, or point you in the right direction that can help. Like, cause seriously, like everybody has value. Every, every good person has value. Let me let me make that clear. Every good person, even bad people want to, you know, at one point have value, you know. And in order to prevent that, we need to help the good people realize the value with themselves. So, yeah. So that's my soapbox. <laughs> and I hope that 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 right there, me ex exposing myself, quote unquote, uh, can help somebody out but yeah that's the um we're gonna go ahead and end this podcast here as usual i always love doing this um yes it's entertainment but i also again i love to help people out as well even at the cause of my quote-unquote manhood <laughs> but yeah i love doing this let me take a sip of water real quick my mouth is dry um yeah so hopefully y'all enjoyed this um again i appreciate everyone's support even if it's only like five people that watch me even if only just 10 even if it's just one i appreciate everybody that supports me and i appreciate 
everybody that has gave me donations. I've only got a few donations, but I appreciate all the donations that has been given to me. I appreciate that. And again, nobody's not obligated to. You're not obligated to um donate at all. But if y'all want to support me, my cash app is dollar sign Urban TV. It's gonna be on the screen. Um, yeah, it's gonna be on the screen. Uh, other ways y'all can support me that doesn't involve money. Um, again, you can follow me on all my social medias: Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, which I use Instagram the most. YouTube, Twitch, everything is our Urban TV. All you have to do is follow, subscribe, like, share, drop comments. That is the biggest way that y'all can help. Just listening, watching, and like again, like if you listening to the audio version, you will um, hear that I have an ad at the beginning. So just by listening to this, you help. I, again, I appreciate everybody. And I'm going on a rant now. This this podcast is about to go on two hours. But, yeah, I appreciate everybody. I love all of y'all. I love all of y'all. If you're watching right now and you feel like crap, you don't feel like you're, you're, you're not anything. You feel like you're a manure. You're not. You're a good person. You are a good person. Rem- keep reminding yourself of that. Keep telling yourself that you are a good person no matter what. You're a good person. You're not out here hurting people, kidnapping people, all that kind of stuff. If you're working hard, trying to make a way for yourself, if you got kids, trying to make a way for your kids, whatever. Even if you made mistakes in your life and you trying to make, you know, trying to make a better way for yourself, you have value. You are worthy. You are a good person. Do not let nobody tell you otherwise. No matter what you went through as a child, again, I was bullied, I was, I had behavioral issues and all that stuff, but I'm still a good person. I'm still a good person, and so are you. But I'm going to go ahead and end this. Um, again, you can support me by subscribing, rating, following all my social medias, all that stuff. And yeah, that's it. And I usually end everything with this, promoting peace gaming and wings.